Come on. Welcome to Life Blood. This is George G, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Louis Louis Giannis. Louis, are you ready to do this? I'm ready to rock. All right, let's, <laughs> let's do it. Let's go. Louis is a CFA. He is a CMT. He's an investment strategist and advocate for investors. He is the author of the Financial Freedom Blueprint, and he's the CEO of WealthNet Investments. Excited to have you on. Lewis, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Okay, well, first and foremost, I'm a dad. I've got uh, lovely twins, one boy and one girl. I've uh, been married to the same, my wife for a long time, well over two decades. And uh, secondly, I'm, I'm an investment guy. I've been in the investment business and all different uh, elements of investing and planning uh, for over two decades as well. And uh, I'm also a guitar player. I love to play guitar, have played and performed in many different capacities. Kind of a little bit on a hiatus right now, but uh, making plans right now to start playing again and performing. So that's just a general overview of me. Nice. How, how, how old are the kids? They are 15. They just turned 15. Okay, that's so awesome. So they're freshmen in high school. All right, perfect. Married for two decades, working in investment management for two decades. Similarly challenging and rewarding, Lewis? Yeah, absolutely. I would say <laughs> parenting is definitely more, definitely more adaptive with parenting than the stock market. So it's, I think they're pretty close to each other. <laughs> like you have bull markets, bear markets, sideways trends, you know, volatility, you know, good times, bad times. <laughs> it's all good, though. But yeah. In the end, it's all good. And it is all good. All right. So you and I were talking uh, before we hit the record button about just the world of investment management and money and and all that. And you've you've worn a lot of different hats. And I, I think come at it from a, a really great perspective, being a, a charter financial analyst. And um, anyway, so in in your twenty years, twenty plus years, two decades. How 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 have you thought about, or how how has your perspective on helping people with money changed, if it has? Well, it's changed main, mainly because the environment is so different now than it's ever been in my career. It's it's really more an environment that that we haven't seen in a long, long, long time. And my I think the biggest thing is that this is not your parents' economy anymore. We've got uh, tech innovation that is rapidly changing the speed of things. We've got huge budget deficits that we didn't have before as a percentage of the overall economy. Very large money supply increases. I mean, excessively large money supply, supply increases that are affecting things. So we, we have some that leads to a lot of different uh, issues that people need to plan and invest for. You know, you, you need to, to change your strategy. So if you want me to tell, I can tell you why that's important. Yeah, you know, please. Like what, what does that mean? So, I mean, w really what that means is that inflation and taxes, which have always been a problem for investors, I think that could be a bigger problem, you know, that going forward for, for most retirees. So that changes the dynamics, uh, people who are you know trying to retire ready. And so it also means that you need to kind of beware of the established rules because what 
did work in the past that will not necessarily work in, as it did in the future. So you have to have a different strategy, and that strategy is really a combination of a couple things. Uh, first, you, you need to differentiate between what is part of the future and what is part of the past. Because of this rapid innovation and change, and because of the, the government uh, policies that are being put in place, that's going to change the, the, you know, what is working in the future, and then you need to eliminate the past or reduce the past. So, so indexing, which is a traditional way that a lot of people invest, can be a problem because uh, what is the largest market cap or what is the largest portion of the economy uh, may not be so in the future. So, so uh, we're more of an advocate of, of being more selective. And, and ultimately, it means that you need to have smart planning and investing, good habits, things like that. Fascinating, right? The, the, the speed at mm. which things are changing. And I think you, you definitely hit on something that I've been thinking a lot about, um, the fact that old rules or mores, standards, whatever, don't necessarily apply anymore. And if I look out just over the broader range of society, we are questioning everything. And the need for critical thinking and independent thinking and analysis has never been more important but that's hard, right? Especially with money because it's so complicated and complex. So how do you coach people to sort of look at all of that with all the taking everything we just talked about into consideration? Well, I have a, a variety of different models that kind of I, we use internally, but it really starts off with the basics. It's almost, really, it's almost boring how basic it is, but there are a few things that just consistently work no matter what's going on, and that really starts off with, you know, you need to start, make sure, depending on where you are in your situation, you need just to make sure that you have good habits, right? And that you're doing, I have seven steps that I always talk about that, that everybody should go through. And if you haven't gone through the seven steps of planning, smart planning, then you probably are going to have something missing. So with, if you don't do that, then you're going to have some problems. And then it, it's also it also means that you need to inf- Invest in a way where you're not afraid to sell things and you're not afraid to to be a little more um, focused in where you're investing and not just go broad. Because if you take the average portfolio today, we see you know different portfolios coming in, they all look the same and they all perform the same. They're, they're basically 60-40 stock and bond, diversified huge numbers of stocks and huge numbers of bonds. And they're, they're tracking the indexes and they're not really looking to be rational for, for steady type growth. So I really try to coach people to think, don't think S&P 500, you know, that's what a lot of people think about because you're not going to want to invest in the S&P 500. Most people can't handle that level of volatility. You know, uh, the S&P 500 goes down 50% every now and then, and most people don't want to hold investments that go down 50% and then you make make bad choices. So we really try to coach people to think long-term, beat taxes and inflation, try to get a steadier ride and, and have good money habits if you're building towards, you know, being retire ready. And that that is different than, than what a lot of currently held wisdom is, which is just buy the index. And, Correct. And, and you know, let me, say, let me say something about that, because this has happened before, and I think people forget. Uh, you know, I remember during the dot-com bubble, a lot of people were buying indexes. They were buying the NASDAQ back then and the S&P 500. And, and everybody was saying, look, uh, and even all the literature that was coming out of the CFA organization, 
was like, you know, buy indexes, buy indexes. This has happened before. When you have a rip-roaring bull market in stocks, it's very difficult to beat an index uh, mathematically because it owns everything. And the money, you know, by naturally what is working, you own more of it, and then what's not working, you own less of it. But when the markets actually crack, those uh, you you have most of your money in the largest stocks that are the most expensive, overvalued, and it, it gets pretty ugly. And then people stop in, uh, indexing. Even even uh, there's even studies that show that people that invest in these index funds don't perform as good as the indexes because they because of behavioral problems. Tell me more about that. Well, people will tend to chase chase uh, the market when it's doing well buy a lot when it's going up and then when it crashes sell out and then they don't get back in as soon enough when the market's down so they wind up uh, losing money on the way in and then they wind up being late getting back in and so their results are significantly lower 200 to 300 basis points or two to three percentage points uh, uh, less than than just buying and holding but the, that, the root of that problem is is that uh, the risk profile people change their risk profile at the wrong time and you know I heard a, a professor one time uh, tell me that uh, that risk tolerance is time variance. <laughs> I, I do some lecturing at the University of Denver and other places uh, to teach, you know, master students about investing, and 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 you know, it's that, that's one of the things I think is the hardest thing for most people is that we want to take more risk. Our, our natural instinct is to take more risk at the wrong time. Our brains have kept us alive, Lewis, but they're not helping us be good investors. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. All right. So, do you think that 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 we that that most investors have a good understanding of risk or bad or that's maybe the wrong term? But how how should people think about risk? Is it valuable to figure out what your risk tolerance is? How 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 do I even go about that? Yeah, definitely. You definitely want to think about risk. Uh, we look at it from three different dimensions. You know, the first would be kind of your temperament, how much uh, volatility or, or really negative returns can you tolerate and still kind of sleep at night. You know, and then the, the other way we look at risk is how much risk capacity do you have? How much can your financial plan uh, withstand? You know, some people, if you have a, a lot of money, then you could afford to take some more risk if you don't have, you know, as much money than you can't. But then there's this opposite effect, which has to do with your, the amount of risk that you require, how much you need. So, you know, sometimes you could be in a position where you need to take more risk to get a higher rate of return, but your temperament doesn't match that. That is the worst position to be in, actually. That's the position you want to really avoid if you can. That's why you need to save early and invest early for the younger people in the audience. And you want to save and invest early and often, for sure. Yeah, that's definitely a bad spot. If I'm 55 years old and I have very little saved, well, if I intend to retire in 15, 10 or 15 years, then I probably do need to take on more risk. But if I'm going to develop an ulcer because I'm taking all that risk and I'm worrying about it all the time, that is, that is kind of like jail. It is. And that's, that's why I really like talking to young people. I'm going to be doing some... Even talking to high school students, you know, kind of pro bono work, because I really feel like if people just get some basics, it really can avoid a lot of problems in life, financially anyway. And what, what, I mean, the trick there, 
I, I'm, I'm not sure that I know what the trick there is um, talking to young people and getting people to take positive, proactive action, right? When they think, I don't want to miss out on things. That's, you know, I'll, 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 I'll get around to that in a couple of years kind of a thing. Do you have a sense of, 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 of what your messaging will be to kids or what it is? Well, I'm, I'm kind of modeling after the, the, uh, the course that I built for my kids. <laughs> I actually built a little course. Nice. I wrote an outline out for a little course for my kids because, um, you know, I have given them some money uh, and for them to invest. And they're investing purely in individual companies. Uh, I've, I've taught them about exchange-traded funds and mutual funds, but, but I'm wanting them to understand that the root of this, of most investment, is based on companies. And, you know, that's what's underneath the hood. And you really need to understand those basics because it ultimately is going to boil down to that and being in the right places and understanding just how business works. So uh, I think today, and, and this is a little bit controversial, but there's, there's a lot of people today that believe that capitalism is bad, but they love their 401k, but they don't realize that their 401k is by definition capital. So all stocks, all bonds is capital. And um, my hope is that people don't uh, kill the goose that lays the golden eggs, the, you know, which is capitalism. They like their iPhones yeah, too, Lewis. <laughs> What's that? They like their iPhones too, and I'm pretty sure it was capitalism that uh, created the iPhone. So <laughs> exactly, yes, exactly. They love those iPhones, and we, and we want them to have bigger and better and greater things in the future. So let's not kill capitalism. That, that, that's right. I mean, what what are we at? iPhone 10 or 11 or 12? You want iPhone 25 too, young people? Let's let's right. Let's not throw the baby out the bathwater here. <laughs> All right, so um, I'm just going to bounce around and ask you a thousand different crazy questions that are not necessarily germane to one another. How are you thinking about uh, crypto assets? Well, 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 I'll tell you what we're doing, and then I'll tell you how I'm thinking about it. Great. So maybe they'll, it'll make some sense. So what we've been doing is we do own Bitcoin, but we also own precious metals, and we also own agricultural commodities. They're all kind of interrelated but non-correlated. So it really has to do with money, the price of money, which is inflation, and it has to do with uh, money flows. So uh, when when the way we're dealing with this is when Bitcoin takes a big rally, we've been pairing back on Bitcoin and then buying, say, gold, which has not rallied as much. And we're basically rebalancing that way. That's called volatil volatility scaling. So we have we have less money in Bitcoin of the allocation that we have to those assets those money-related assets like the, like the, you know, that I just listed out. We have less money in Bitcoin because it's more volatile. We have more money in gold and, and more money in uh, uh, commodities. So uh, we, you, all those prices I would expect to go higher, but I could just – so basically what I'm telling you is we're hedging that bet with Bitcoin because there's some serious risks involved with, with any crypto asset because – it, it's really unknown what the, how the government is going to deal with them, and ultimately the government has the guns, and they decide <laughs> what's going to be in existence. So, so um, I think that there, it's going to get more and more regulated as it already is beginning to, and that you know once the Fed comes out with their own uh, kind of cryptocurrency, if you will, or using that technology like a blockchain blockchain type technology, 
they have every incentive for that to be the protocol and that to be the standard because they're going to be able to track uh, more flows in the economy. You know, and they, they really want to track more flows in the economy because they want to be able to capture more taxes. You know, if everybody is on a blockchain type scenario that is issued by the Fed, then, uh, you know, then it's going to be tougher to evade taxes. And since we have such huge budget deficits, believe me, we need to collect a ton of taxes. Yeah. So because there's 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 only one or two things that can happen here uh, that either we're going to inflate our way uh, and cause more inflation. And that's how we're going to pay for this big, big problem that we have with budget deficit spending or we're going to tax increase taxes, and it'll probably be a combination of those two. And I, I think in the short term, Bitcoin will rally and continue to move higher. Uh, you know, obviously, we've had a little bit of a dip recently. Uh, that, that could be a, a, a buy-the-dip scenario for, for you know, in, in terms of an overall portfolio strategy. Obviously, you don't concentrate in that. Just to give you some context, our average position size in Bitcoin is less than 2%, so it's not a huge part of our portfolio. Nice. And how how do you how do you play or how do you invest in 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 commodities? Do you actually buy the stocks of? Well, how how do you like to do it? Well, we're doing it in two ways. One is we do own kind of more basic materials types companies, and then we also own the actual commodities through exchange traded funds. You have to be real careful with the, those exchange traded funds because they're structured in different ways. So but you want to buy the way we're doing it is we're buying the exchange traded funds that are that don't have as many tax problems and that are more pure in their exposure how they get exposure to the the commodities and they're generally getting that exposure through the futures market which is the purest way to do it without actually owning the physical commodity. It's also the most regulated. You could you could get it done with notes too, but there's there's some tax problems with that and depending and if you have a retirement plan, oftentimes you can't get. Uh, exposure to that in retirement plans because many 401ks and other retirement plans won't allow those types of assets to be in there. You could also buy mutual funds, which they will allow more. Um, not a big fan of those in general, um, just because of the layers of fees and the way they're structured. Um, but, but yeah, and you have to keep it buying that. That is more of a, um, a diversifier. It, I, I don't see it as something where you would want a huge position in it. How much time during the day do you spend thinking about all this stuff, Lewis? Way too much, probably. No, um, actually, I have a routine. You know, I have a routine of of, of, that's a a combination of thinking, reading, writing, and talking to smart people. That's I carve that kind of a time out. uh, You know, pretty much every day. But I, but it's more so on my buffer days. I, I don't know if you've heard of Strategic Coach, but I'm a big Strategic Coach fan. Hmm. Um, remember Strategic Coach? So I've, uh, on my buffer days, those are the days, kind of backstage days. That's when I do more of this type of thinking and work and talking with people. Uh, and then the the focus days, I'm more um, doing like things like I'm doing right now, talking to people, trying to uh, educate and motivate people to make smart financial choices and uh, retire ready. I love it. Thinking, reading, writing, and talking. I think that getting back to that whole idea about critical thinking and actually using our brains, um, super valuable. So I appreciate you sharing all that. 
Lewis, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? How can they engage with you? Where can they get a copy of the Financial Freedom Blueprint? Yeah, uh, yeah, the Financial Freedom Blueprint, Seven Steps to Accelerate Your Path to Prosperity, uh, just came out. Uh, actually, I have a special uh, way that people, your audience, can get a signed hardcover copy of it. Uh, you can go to pathtorealwealth.com. And uh, you could order a copy there, and we can get you a signed hard copy. PathToRealWealth.com. Excellent. And if folks want to engage with you um, for investment management, how does that work? Uh, basically, we just, we just like to schedule a call and chat. And you can go to WealthNetInvest.com and click the button up top that says schedule a call. And then uh, you can have a call with me or one of our advisors and uh, just kind of go over your situation to see if we can help you achieve your objectives. Excellent. Well, if you enjoyed this much as I did, show Lewis your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Pick up a copy of the Financial Freedom Blueprint at pathtorealwealth.com. Get a copy of a signed copy of the uh, the hard cover um, and then go to wealthnetinvest.com and book some time to chat with Lewis or somebody from his team. Thanks again, Lewis. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you having me on. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.